Hey everybody, welcome back to Retro Futurist Culture Podcast. We are going to be talking about the 1987 sci-fi action horror. What is this movie? The Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed by John McTiernan, written by brothers Jim and John Thomas. It's the first installment in what became the Predator franchise. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as the leader of an elite paramilitary rescue team on a mission to save hostages in guerrilla-led territory in Central America. And they encounter the deadly predator, played by the very skilled Kevin Peter Hall, an advanced alien who hunts them down. The predator was written in 84 under the working title of Hunter, and the creature effects uh, were revised to understand Winston. He was, he was brought in to fix up the suit because the original one uh, wasn't very good. Tonight, I have with us the most excellent, the most fun, the most amazing, and the guy to drop the most F-bombs in any episode ever. B Daddy K. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's always a pleasure to be here. It's always a great time. How you been, man? I've been great. I have no complaints. Cool. Nice. Other than it's yeah. fall now and it's starting to get cold, but you know, that's a fact of life, I guess. Yeah, you guys on the East Coast, that's a huge swing. Yeah, it's we don't really get that swing here in the desert. We get like, oh hey, it's below a hundred degrees today. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh do you um do you have any early memories of predator me daddy or what was your first uh first memory of predator my first memory of predator well i went to see it in the theaters with my dad i think i was like nine years old probably not the best age to see something like that but my dad was that kind of guy so I guess it shaped me into the man I am, but uh, I loved it. It was when I was a kid, it was like, you know, the best action movie you could see. Starred my favorite action star, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Had tons of cool kills, had an awesome alien in it. But uh, it's, I don't know, it's one of those movies that's stuck with me. It's one of my favorite movies. And over the time, it's like morphed from just like an, you know, your typical bro shooter into, uh, more of like an action slash like horror film, really. Hits like all the right notes for me. Total 80s, but uh, had really cool technology for the time, I think, because the special effects still hold up. And mm-hmm. agreed, yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those movies that's I one of my I have favorites. a similar story. I was 10. My dad took my brother and myself and and this kid from school that we were friends with to all go see it. And actually, I saw it at the theater that I now work in. The gym that I work at is the same building where this theater used to be. <laughs> so it's, kind of, it's really kind of trippy. Yeah, it's like full but, circle. Uh, you're right. So I saw the Predator there. And uh, much like you, I was I was a sucker for anything like sci-fi action, um, you know, cool gunfight explosions, combat, all that. I mean, we were 80s kids, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what you liked. Um, I think the really cool thing about the movie is you don't even see what the Predator really looks like till the last, like, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. There's a long... It's kind of like uh, all the best horror films, they hide the monster until the end. They build up that suspense, and that's what I think the Predator did really good. Now, my friend that was with us, he was scared out of his damn mind. <laughs> um, but my brother and I were eating it up. We loved it. Yeah, it's and uh, 
It's it's definitely not a kids movie, that's for sure. No, and I recently picked up the um they had the 4K set on sale and the reason I got that is is the first DVD and second or not first the first Blu-ray and second Blu-ray releases of Predator are both botched releases. The first release is too grainy and has a poor transfer. The second Blu-ray the Ultimate Hunter Edition, they did a ton of uh, digital noise reduction or what's called DNR, and they overdid it in, like, freaking Dylan looks like he's made out of plastic. <laughs> like, they smoothed it out so much, it's really weird. Um, so, finally, they, they went back and did a proper scan, 4K, and they didn't, they didn't hit the DNR knob like crazy. They hit it just a little bit. And it looks pretty perfect. So if you get the chance to watch this again, find the 4K. It's definitely worth it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get into the story. Um, and this is uh, the film was directed by uh, John McTiernan. This was his first big studio film. He comes out the door with Predator, and then the guy does Die Hard, Hunt for Red October. Last Action Hero, Die Hard with a Vengeance, the Thomas Crown Affair remake, 13th Warrior, and Basic. I mean, the guy had a crazy career after this. So it was like he hits the ground running with this and just kind of gets gets out the gate doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, so into the story. Alien spacecraft deploys a shuttle to Earth where um, Vietnam War veteran Major Allen Dutch Schaefer, that's played by Arnold, and his military rescue team consisting of Mac, Poncho, Blaine, Billy, and Hawkins are tasked with rescuing a foreign cabinet minister and his aide from insurgents. CIA officer Al Dillon, a Vietnam War buddy of Dutch's, is assigned to accompany the team over Dutch's objections. En route, the team discovers the wreckage of a helicopter and three skinned corpses. Dutch identifies them as Green Berets that he knew. One of them's name is is Jim Harper, which um, is interesting if you watch Stranger Things. Yeah, um, I totally, think, <laughs> I totally think that's that's an homage to Predator. I mean, everything in that show is an homage to something. Right, right. Um, and he becomes suspicious of Dylan's intentions. Um, before we get any further, so there's the the you know the the very opening. You know, seeing the guys land at the base and uh, they talk to Dylan and there's that shot. It's like probably one of the most famous, like super cheese 80 <laughs> shots ever where, where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers do the big handshake. And then Arnold says, what's the matter, Dylan? CA got you pushing too many, too pencils. many pencils. That's fucking great. Oh, that's awesome. Never gets no. old. And it's been turned into all kinds of memes now. It is a meme itself. Oh, it's, yeah. It's quite hilarious. Um, and then the team, the next, the next scene that I really, really love is they, you know, they get their mission from Dylan and they exit out on a chopper and they're in that red light scene and they're flying and they're listening to long tailed Sally and Jesse Ventura is chewing on, uh, plays Blaine. He's chewing on some chewing tobacco and spitting in the chopper. And then Hawkins, who's played by Shane Black, who would later go on to write and direct a movie that's not so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah we don't mention that one. That's... No, but he's great oh, in this movie. Yeah. It's... <laughs> At the time, I really didn't understand his uh, jokes, but they were... Uh... <laughs> right. You... Yeah, when you're a kid, those jokes don't make any no, sense. No, not at all. 
Maybe not even as a teenager, but when you hit your 20s, all of a sudden you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so the team uh, reaches the guerrilla camp and witnesses the execution of a hostage. They mount an attack, killing most of the rebels and several Soviet intelligence officers. Uh, Dutch confronts Dylan, who reveals her true mission was to stop a planned Soviet-backed invasion that the CIA sent the Green Berets weeks earlier for the same mission. Now, they, we did miss out on the scene where when they're fighting and uh, Dutch throws the machete and sticks the guy in the wall. Stick around. Stick around, <laughs> yeah. Which was an improvised line by Arnold. There's, um, there's so many good scenes before that. That's like, a to- that's like the total 80s like action movie. To begin from the beginning, like the the, uh, the fast rope down, the attack on the village, it's pure like '80s action. It's like Commando, the cheesy one-liners, the buildings that the huts that blow up like eight times with a single uh, <laughs> a single uh, undermounted grenade launched into it. The, the dude's trying to get away in the helicopter, and then the helicopter blows up like twelve times. And then you got a uh, uh, Blaine with the Old painless there. The most, mm-hmm. most the, yeah, the most unwieldy weapon in the jungle. You know? On a on a real note, I guess that thing was so heavy and so un because it's supposed to be mounted so, to Yeah, like a, right? a, hel- a helicopter. Like the door gunners. Yeah. Using. Yeah. The scenes where he's actually running around, it's not it doesn't have any bullets in it at all because that would have made it even heavier than it already yeah it weighs what like something like 270 pounds or something yeah yeah it's crazy carrying around the hot jungle and that's one of the things that i think has this movie hold up is that we're introduced to dutch and his team and they all have sort of distinct personalities and they all kind of click as this unit but they're all loyal to the unit and their mission you know you've got dutch the leader um you got Mac, uh, Poncho, Blaine, Billy, and Hawkins, and they all just kind of click. And then Dylan's kind of the uh, outsider, outsider, untrusted yeah, outsider. There's a there's a scene there's a scene that I love in the movie later where he's walking around. He keeps making a lot of noise, and Mac Mac grabs him. He says, "You give away our position one more time, I'm gonna kill you, <laughs> and I'm gonna leave you here." <laughs> Um, interesting. I was watching the movie with the commentary track and, um, the director says that originally Dylan's character was more of a straight up villain and he kind of, he pushed the change to make it more of a believable character that was a government operative that was, you know, needed to do a job and hired these guys, not telling them what the job really was because it needed to be done, which seems far more believable than a cartoon. Oh, definitely. Like, he plays like a I'm the bad guy. Yeah, he plays a good company man in it. Yeah. Right. And it also, um, and I think that was a lot of the inspiration watching this again. There's a lot of stuff I see from this movie that inspired the yeah, the team at Treyarch that makes the Black Ops games, because there's tons of things that I see from this movie in the Black Ops games. Not just the fact that Woods wears Dutch's uniform in Black Ops Cold War. <laughs> but <laughs> but that was pretty cool. So um they find a a girl Anna is one of the guerrillas and they capture her learning that more rebels are coming the team chooses to trek to the extraction point 
but they are followed by an entity employing a cloaking device and thermal imaging technology. But a spooked Billy glimpses it while Anna attempts to escape. Hawkins catches her, but the creature attacks and kills him while sparing Anna. Dutch organizes a search party, but Blaine is killed by the creature's plasma cannon. And then Mac loses his shit and (laughs) grabs Painless and everybody fires their weapons into the jungle, unknowingly wounding the creature. As the creature administers first aid, the commandos regroup and realize they are being hunted. Dylan believes two or three guerrillas are responsible, but Billy is adamant that their pursuer is not human. They make camp for the night and set traps, which are triggered by a wild boar, which Max stabs the shit out of in a great scene. Um, and while Max doing that, the creature sneaks in and steals Blaine's body. Um, and this is the first like interaction we really have with the predator, but we still don't know what it looks like. It's just, they did a really good job of giving it this thermoptic camouflage that still kind of reveals what it does. And you get to see how it hunts. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. And like you were saying earlier, the, um, they actually used a real, they tried to use a real thermal imaging camera, but it was so expensive and so hard to use that they ended up shooting those scenes in black and white and then colorizing them and then adding the heat to them. And that was probably the cheaper solution. And for the time, it probably would have turned, it probably turned out way better than it would have anyway. Yeah. He said, uh, listening to the commentary, he said that it was very expensive and they didn't look too good either. Um, Dutch later realizes that the enemy uses the trees to travel and frees Anna, who states that her people had seen similarly mutilated bodies before. The next day, the group constructs a net trap and captures the creature, but it frees itself. And Poncho's injured in a like a freaking horrific. They had set up that log yeah. trap, and then the creature sets it off, and it freaking it cracks probably every one of Poncho's <laughs> yeah, right ribs. in the chest. Yeah. He's like, oh, it looks looks like that hurts so bad. It's like a thousand pound log. Yeah. Um, Mac and Dylan pursue it, but are outmaneuvered and killed. And that scene's crazy. Mac, you know, Mac sees it. He's like, he's like, it's over there. By the trees. Yeah. And then while they're trying to, they're trying to almost do like a pincer maneuver. They split up and the predator kills Mac in a pretty gruesome shot. Probably one of the gruesomest shots in the whole film. And uh, then Dylan and Dylan gets the honor of having one of those cool, like eighties movie shots where the predator blows <laughs> off his arm. And then his, his MP five is still going off because the nerves in his hands are still pulling the trigger. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene when I was a kid. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Um, let's see. Boom, boom, boom. As the survivors flee, Billy stays behind to fight the creature. The creature kills Billy. Uh, Billy, you know, drops his, throws his M16 with the undermounted shotgun. And if you notice, Dutch has an M16 with a grenade yeah. launcher, and then and then Billy had one with the shotgun underneath. Um, he throws his his M16. He takes his his vest off and he takes one of those big machetes and he cuts into his chest and lets out a little blood um and then the predator ends up killing billy um yeah and then the predator kills poncho 
and realizing it does not attack unarmed individuals, Dutch tells Anna to head to the next extraction point. He actually kicks a gun out of her hand. Yeah, she tries to grab it. Um, Dutch attempts to distract the creature by fleeing, but is followed to a muddy riverbank. This is an awesome scene. He jumps off that waterfall. A million feet down. The transition shot, that's a stuntman. That guy actually uh, severely sprained and twisted his knee from that shot. That was like one of the only major injuries in the film, according to the commentary. <laughs> and then another thing, according to the commentary, is when Arnold was in that all that mud, he said uh, the first day it was okay. He's like, but after a couple of days, that mud started to smell really Oh, bad. I can only imagine. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> um, Yeah, I think they, they used so clay for that, didn't they? Yeah, pottery yeah. clay. Yeah, but then out there and whatever, I'm sure every bug out there was crapping it. They shot most of this in uh, southern Mexico, so in Puerto Vallarta, and and some of it was shot on a soundstage in Los Angeles. But even then, no matter where you have something like that, bugs oh, are yeah. in there, you know, and they're gonna die or they're gonna leave their fecal matter in the mud and make it smell terrific. Um. Dutch is followed to the muddy riverbank and covered in mud. The creature fails to see him and leaves to collect trophies from the others. Dutch realizes the cool mud provided camouflage for his body heat. He crafts makeshift traps and weapons and lures the creature out at night with a war cry and torch. So there's a couple of cool scenes here. We get to see the predator actually like spinally remove Billy's head and then clean the skull and you see that he has like a whole collection of skulls because that's what he does he hunts trophies and and that's juxtaposed with Dutch building this elaborate little trap that he's going to use and uh, cu- uh, and that's mixed in with trademark Arnold Schwarzenegger flexing <laughs> while building these things he's tying the yeah, ropes pulling it back and, he's, and he's, doing like, like, he's doing like he's doing like flies <laughs> yeah. and- oh when you're that ripped, you gotta you gotta get your uh, reps in somehow, right? Well, interesting enough, I guess you know he had uh, he had a gym flown down there so the guys could all lift iron and get pumped for the shots during. Yeah, the they movie. went out in the morning. They got up uh, like four hours before the shoot. They'd all go work mm-hmm. out, and then they'd uh, shoot. And, and then it, afterwards, they'd work out afterwards too. It was craziness. Yeah. And then uh, even though some of them did get sick from eating some of the food or drinking some of the water, they still managed to make it. I guess there was a scene where Arnold was on a uh, dehydration IV bag because he'd gotten really sick the day before. (laughs) So that part of shooting on location, not that fun. But it looks good. Uh, Even though when they scouted the location, there's another thing, the... uh, Everything was green, and when they came back, the seasons were changing, and everything was turning brown, so they had to use a lot of fake green stuff, so that's why some of those shots um, maybe don't look as good as they could have. And until you notice that, you exactly, notice, yeah. but once you notice yeah, that, it, then you're like, oh, that's, yeah, that's a set. That's fake. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, but still, for the time, it was awesome. It, Yeah, it was. All right, before we break into the finale of Predator, let's take a quick break and let's hear about other awesome shows and things happening on Rumination's radio network. RFC will be back shortly. 
You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts! And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Retro Futures Culture Podcast, a production of Ruminations Radio Network. Thanks for listening to our show. We are back talking about the 1987 film Predator. B-Daddy, we were just getting down into the final act of the movie. We're finally going to see what this creature looks like. That was, like, I think, one of the best things about the Predator, though, is you don't see them. You really don't see them until almost the end of the movie. Was he have, like, 10 minutes of screen time out of, like, an hour and 50 minutes or something? Right, and that's something that all really good kind of horror thriller movies do. The less you see the better it is. And the more the audience remembers, they'll say, Oh man, he was in that whole movie. And if you look at the actual screen time, like you said, it's not very much. Yeah. At all. Cause you think about it, like when you think about that movie, you're like all the awesome scenes with the predator and you think, Oh yeah, he's in the whole movie, but he's not. And the same thing with like, uh, the first alien movie. I mean, the, the alien was barely in the first alien movie and it amped up the tension, amped up the horror aspect of it. Like the later movies, when you see all the aliens and see all the predator, like the predator all the time, it just doesn't have the same effect. Which I made that movie so good for me. Yeah, and did you know that the original, um, the original predator was really kind of goofy looking, and the original actor to be the predator <laughs> was none other than John Clark. Yeah, Van, Van Damage. Yeah, his original costume was like, yeah, it looked kind of weird. It was like a almost like a giraffe type thing. It was a weird, well, that, but he ended up, if you look at the original art, it was like this weird, yeah, it wasn't type stock headed, it wasn't scary or imposing. And not to mention, he's yeah, like and four nine, not really, but he's he's not like if you compared him to like Schwarzenegger, it, if he like, I don't know, it, it wouldn't be uh, as imposing and scary. Because, I mean, the dude they had uh, for the replacement Predator was, what, like, seven-something? Seven-one or two? Uh, uh, Kevin yeah, isn't Hall. he, like, pretty big? Seven-foot yeah. six. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And the suit he had to wear, the re- the revised suit that Stan Winston made with a couple ideas Cameron. by James Cameron. Yeah. the one that... that, that talking about having the mandibles yeah, that was a that was like uh, a great touch right um the suit itself was over 200 pounds this was like holy crap and he had to wear like um these special refrigerated packs you know just to keep him cool because it was hot they were shooting down in mexico or on los angeles sound stages in the summer yeah. oh, I, I couldn't imagine running around through the jungle in that it must have been crazy. Yeah, that was definitely the right call. Yeah. I saw like uh, footage of uh, when they had uh, Van Damme's costume. It did. It oh, it's terrible. yeah, it's on. <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All right, so Dutch has set up his traps. The predators finished making his trophies, and Dutch lights a big fire and makes a lot of noise in the night. 
and he uh with his traps he had a few um large uh, grenade rpgs that he breaks down the gunpowder to make some explosive arrows he builds a bow in that scene where he's flexing he makes that <laughs> nice recurve bow tests it out um and when the predator comes to find out what's going on with all the fight, there's a great shot where Dutch is like on the tree and the predator literally climbs like almost over him, not realizing that that's him there. And I can only imagine shit my pants in a seat like that. Um, but he Dutch fires one of his uh, makeshift explosive arrows and that disables the predator's cloaking device and the creature starts firing its crazy plasma cannon everywhere into the forest. Um, and tries to escape, but accidentally falls into the river where the water dissolves his, and or Dutch falls in the river and uh, the water dissolves his camouflage. The creature corners Dutch. He pins his head with his blades on his forearm, you know, and then he picks him up. And this is where you see how tall that the predator is compared to. I mean, Arnold's six two, and this thing lifts him up, and he's like a foot off yeah. the ground. <laughs> um, and then the predator, you know, he's got that faceplate. And he's got kind of those dreads and he takes a couple screws off, takes a faceplate off. And he's got this crazy, creepy, almost like crap yeah, mandible awesome. bugs awesome. thing with those claw jaws. And uh, Dutch has a great line there. He says, he says ugly. you're one ugly oh, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dutch attempts to goad the creature into a booby trap. Come on, do it. I'm right here. <laughs> Come on. Come get me. Kill me. It goes around and Dutch triggers the trap anyway, crushing the creature with the trap's counterweight, which is this giant piece of wood, probably like 300, 400 pounds of wood. Um, with the creature mortally wounded he asks what the hell are you and the creature repeats the question to him now i did not know this until today the predator's predator voice was done by none other than Ms. mr prime. Optimus yeah. prime himself Cullen. peter Cullen. I, yeah. I did not know that i was like what because i knew that um frank welker the guy that played megatron and Soundwave on the original transformers has done all kinds of movie voices like he's scooby-doo's voice i mean he's he's all kinds of crazy voices i did not know that peter cullen was the predator's voice that was trippy as hell um and the predators you know opens his wrist guard and he starts punching these buttons and all of a sudden you see this timer running and dutch knows oh crap that's, that's nothing that's, good that's a countermeasure yep. it's something bad i gotta run um, and it's like a small contained atomic or nuclear device. Uh, Dutch runs, survives the explosion. He's then rescued by the extraction chopper with Anna already on board. And we get a nice cameo of uh, the actor that actually played the Predator, Kevin Peter Hall, is one pilots, of the helicopter yep. pilots in there. Yeah. Not the one with the mustache that's fine, the chopper, but the other one that's like in the door is Kevin Peter Hall, the tall. Tall, brown-skinned, African-American man. And uh, John McTiernan thought it would be good to give him an actual, like, facial shot in the movie because the poor yeah. guy had to wear yep. that whole suit <laughs> for all, those, all of those crazy scenes. And that, and that 
is how the movie ends and it's a tight it's a really tight film there's not a lot of filler in this movie at all it pretty much hits the ground running it's tight it's edited tight it's paced tight there's no kind yeah, of the pacing throw, it is awesome away scenes in this movie mm-hmm. yeah it's about an hour and 40 45 minutes tops but it doesn't feel that way because the tension is there kind of the whole movie there's not really any slow parts of the film at all nope yeah, it's, I love the part at the end, too, when the, the countdown, and he starts doing uh, Billy's laugh. The, whoa, whoa, he starts doing whoa, Billy's whoa, laugh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it was cool how the Predator would watch, almost like almost like a serial killer. He would yeah. stalk the prey to see what they did. He would record them. He would see how they fought, you know. And I guess that's not too unsimilar to how Spec Ops teams operate right they gotta yep. know what they're dealing with so yeah um and it ended up uh you know initially you know being a hit and i think later we got a sequel predator 2 which i loved which was not as big or as popular at the time but the Predator being a Fox property and Aliens slash Aliens being a Fox property. Someone got the idea of uh, in Predator 2, they left a little Easter egg of a H.R. Giger xenomorph alien head in the Predator ship. And that's set off a whole idea of Alien versus Predator, which were comic books <clears throat> and video games. And then we got those movies that we won't talk about. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> But uh, and it also set up for set us up for a few more Predator movies. Now, um, all the Predator movies minus one, I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, but I still think the first one is almost universally oh the definitely. best. The second one was really good too. Um, I really like Predator two, and I think I think I'll have to get you on here to to break that one down in more detail. And I also really loved the third film that Robert Rodriguez was uh, Predators, with. yeah, Predators. that movie was great. I I just recently watched that for the first time because I saw the previous one and I was like, uh, and it was awesome. Yeah, and then we, uh, well, the one I watched recently for the first time, which you told me was really bad, and uh, I didn't believe <laughs> you. That was the 2018 The Predator, written and directed by Shane Mr. Black. Hawkins, and come on, you could have done better. Mr. Hawkins, yeah. And I watched the first 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, you know, this isn't that bad. I wonder what B-Daddy was talking about. And then there was this transition scene, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> it yeah. just fell apart from there. And then this past year, we've got, we got a prequel um, that ties directly into uh an easter egg of the ending of predator 2 and we got the which film Prey, too. which shows one of the how do you say their name yeah, yeah the predators, the predator yep. species um coming to earth in the late 1700s and uh that was a really cool tie and so hopefully they do some more with that and uh we'll see some more predator stuff but it definitely it's definitely gained a spot in like 
sci-fi movie history, monster movie history, somewhat even horror movie a little bit. It's not it's not a pure of any one of those things. Like it's an action. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I loved about it. Like I said at the beginning, the beginning of the movie is a total eighties action movie. And then it seeks into basically a slasher for like Predator the Predator's a slasher mm-hmm. killing everybody. And it it works. It's it's awesome. I mean, you get the Predator who's such an awesome character design and is a freaking scary monster. So it's a, you know, slasher flick. And the two genres, it's a great uh, meld of the two. But yeah, it's, it, hits, it hits all the right notes for me. The action, I mean, the acting is, you know, 80s cheese, but it has like all the great one-liners. And it's almost like uh, between Predator, Commando, and Running Man, it's almost like a, uh, a buddy movie because like, there's so many uh, interspersed characters. Like uh, is it Bill Duke, who's in uh, Commando. He's in Predator. <laughs> and you right. get Ventura, who's in Running Man and Predator. It's like the, the 80s version of the Sandler uh, buddy picks. Right. That's right. Yeah, uh, and it definitely, uh, that was probably, if, I mean, Arnold was phenomenal in Conan. He chewed up the screen in Terminator, but I think um, Predator really, really set him up to be like the one of the top 80s action oh, stars. I mean, there was no, there was no stopping him no. after that. Because, I mean, it, it had all like the, it had all the right beats. It was, it was quality. The action was great. Like pacing was great, and it like you had like Commando, which was utter schlock, but it was great. Had tons of great one-liners. Then Running Man, which was really good, but impression uh, quality was iffy. But then you, the culmination of the '80s action for me was Predator. Yeah, Schwarzenegger's in his prime. The action's awesome. One-liners are great. Definitely, that was uh, I think for me, his like swan song of the '80s action. It's a phenomenal movie. Um, what um, what would you like to see the Predator franchise go? Well, it's it's tough to say because Prey for me hit all the right notes for where it should be headed. I mean, the twenty eighteen was terrible, and if they could just keep doing movies like Prey, and, or even like another like the eighty seven Predator type movie, but it's so hard now because it's you can't you can't make a movie like predator or the 80s action movies anymore because they just come off as too cheesy too like yeah too self-absorbed like the super macho freaking like (laughs) you know just dudes like killing and ripping shit up but uh even if i don't know it's tough to say I would like another like Predator type movie. Predator was great. Predators was great. This the the one with Adrian Adrian Brody. I could do like those type of movies. There was supposedly uh, a screenplay treatment for a sequel to Predators, and that was ditched in favor of uh, Predator. So I gotta wonder if maybe we'll see that sequel to Predators kind of rolled out at some point because I think that had a lot more promise of different things. I loved the 
concept of that. It was like the original movie in reverse. They were importing yeah. the there to hunt as like and a test base. Exactly. And it had all like the basic, the same uh, character types as Predator, like 87 Predator. Like you had, was it the Russian dude with the uh, minigun? And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot oh, of big time. homages yeah. to the original couple yeah. of films for sure. But yeah, the, I, I love the concept of them being airdropped onto that uh, <laughs> hunting world. If that's what want to call it. Yeah, the preserve. The preserve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's um I know that Robert Rodriguez was very adamant that they that they in tone wanted to make it much like the original film. Yeah, it cer- it certainly came off it. as that. And then Prey and Prey was great too. Yeah. It was Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really it enjoyed was it. uh I don't want to say like it was don't want to say stripped down, but uh it wasn't uh it was back to basic. Exactly. It was more yeah. Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the uh, that the fourth movie, The Predator, went a little nutso. Yeah, just a little bit. And then you have like the whole AVP universe. Yeah. No, I I said we weren't going to talk about those. Well, the the first one for what it was, it was a like a decent action film, but it it's definitely a shitty Predator movie and a shitty alien yeah. alien movie. It. It violated too many canon yeah. I mean, things that were set up. I mean, the only thing I liked, the only homage in that that I liked is that Lance Heinrichsen came back to play the founder of Wayland Utani. Yeah. I, I, that was cool. Yeah, exactly. I like that too. But yeah, that can't, for me, that can't exist in the same universe as The Predator because it's, ugh. like you said, it breaks too much canon. But it was pretty bad. But I don't, they, could, they could make that movie. And and it and it could be great. I don't I don't I just don't know how they can like screw these movies up. I mean I knew do, but I mean they're the groundwork is like just it's there from Predator. Sometimes I think they almost overthink these things. Like they're like we got to do something. It's almost like with the video game sequels. We got we got to do something even better, better or crazy. Yeah, that exactly. It. They go too go too <laughs> crazy. Like AVP two. Oh my gosh. I never even watched it. Don't waste your time. I was so let down by the first one. I didn't even <laughs> oh. watch the second one. And I've heard from multiple people the second one is even worse. Even worse. It's in a different galaxy of worse. It's it's terrible. It's I, I believe you this time. <laughs> but yeah, it, exactly. They just went like batshit crazy with it, which they don't need to do. With the Predator movies and Aliens, you don't have to go crazier because the crazy is the alien and is the Predator. Right. That's the crazy. Just what they are. I think if they stuck to the mythos and the characters, you could keep creating great stories like that instead of like trying to just outdo the last one in some sort of like spectacle. Yeah. What I, what I, uh, when I first saw like the preview for Prey, I was like, or heard about it. I was like, oh, back in the 1700s. I'm like, because ah. I mean, you look at the 87 Predator, you're already like outgunned in its modern times. Going back 300 years, it's like, how the hell are you going to, how are you going to have any chance against a Predator? But even in that film, the Predators were only evolved up to whatever their evolution was at that point. They weren't up to the technolo- technological standards of what the Predator was in the 87 movie. Right. And, and then you had the craftiness 
of the Native American uh, tribe that they were fighting. And it was just awesome. So in the way, like the the mythos is where they send like predators to hunt, uh, you know, the most dangerous prey. And even like Anna said it in Predator, like in the hottest summers, they were like uh, tales of, you know, men disappearing in the jungle and stuff. So you could have it through a bunch of different time periods. I think, I think they could do uh, a, a whole bunch of films throughout that. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm with you on that. All right, man. Well, any any parting words for people that, if anybody hasn't seen the Predator films, you should definitely sit down and watch one, two Predators and pray. Yes, definitely. That would be my recommendation. You can skip the 2018 movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, read a synopsis on Wikipedia. You'll thank you'll thank us later yes. for not watching. Yeah, it. two hours. You like there are some. Back. There are a couple good ideas. I liked a couple things they said as far as the lore, but overall, that 2018 movie is not not worth watching. It's not worth your time. No, not at all. It's but Predator One is a classic. Predator Two is an underrated classic. I feel. Oh, like. definitely. Predators was a worthy. Uh, callback and with just enough changes to make it very interesting and then prey is another one where they were going back to that original formula but in a different way and it works yeah definitely but yeah definitely right, if you haven't man. if you haven't i mean like you said who hasn't seen predator but if you haven't do yourself a favor and you, watch you'd it you'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody Thank you for listening to another great episode of the Retro Futures Culture, where we talked about the 1987 film Predator. Come check us out on Twitter. My handle is at Futures Retro. Come check out all our other shows on Ruminations Radio Network. We got shows for everything. We got Ruminations of Red Rum talking about horror. We got Oh God, It Hurts talking about gaming and retro gaming. We got 25 Yards Later talking about football. Uh, We've got Brevity Box talking about daily events. We've got the original Ruminations from the Red Room. We've got Tony's Tall Tales. If there's a show I'm forgetting, I'm sorry, but we have lots of good shows. Come check it out. Um, send your uh, emails to ruminationsradio at gmail.com. Please check out our website at ruminationsradionetwork.com. Support Ruminations Radio at patreon.com backslash ruminationsradio. Everybody, get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs>